Hey, hey, everybody. This is Jay. And it's Pete. And you are listening to Enter the Nerd Zone. Pete, what's going on, man? How not, you doing? Not much, but I, I want to guess what we're going to talk about today. You want to get Well, b- before you do that, okay. I just want to follow up to our last episode. So, uh, of course, our last episode, we compared uh, Bill Murray to some guy named Chase. Oh, Chase boy, something. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I threw up a poll on Instagram. Uh, who do you think is funnier, Bill Murray or Chevy Chase? Uh, you ready for the results? Yep. 73% said Bill Murray is funnier than Chevy Chase. So 27% of our listeners I have no idea people, what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'm almost wondering if you got some pity votes and things like that. But it's, it's just funny because um, after that episode, uh, a friend of mine from high school, uh, my friend Carl, who listens. So, Carl, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks, he Carl. Pointed, yes. He actually pointed out because uh, he was the one, I think I mentioned him before, I used to hang out at his house, play Dungeons and Dragons. We used to watch a lot of movies. Oh, the nerd. And he kind of, what's that? The nerd. Yeah, he's a fellow nerd, absolutely. <laughs> um, he's actually a scientist, so he, he really took that nerd thing. Oh, seriously, he went, <laughs> he went crazy with that stuff. Oh yeah, oh, but he's 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 doing good stuff though. He's trying to save the planet. So th- right. thanks again, Carl. Thank you, um, <laughs> so anyway, he he kind of reminded me. He said, he said, yeah, I used to notice that. Like we would watch Fletch, and you'd be laughing and everything, but you'd be laughing and be like, God, I hate this guy. And he's like, I could never figure out what was going on there. <laughs> he's like, you're enjoying it, but you hate the star. And I was like, I, I-, I don't know. That's just me. <laughs> That's definitely weird. Definitely weird. <laughs> So you were going to guess. Yes. Uh, what, what are we discussing today? I'm thinking that you're going to tell us how you hate puppies now. Uh, no, I figured, we, I figured we'd save that. No, I think what, I think what we should talk about, we, we, should, we, should, uh, we should get in the DeLorean and we should go back to the 60s to, to a group of four young men that just totally shook up. I'm not even just the music industry, just 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 the world. They shook the world. Hey, hey. They're the monkeys. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> I love the monkeys. And I, I know because you already told me that you love the monkeys too. So there's no surprises today. <laughs> yeah, no surprises. <laughs> I hate the monkeys. <laughs> no, I love the monkeys. When, when did you first see them? When did you first uh, catch a glimpse of the monkeys? Uh, you know, it was day at... It was, I guess it was like 1986-ish. Uh, I, they were mm-hmm. being replayed remember, uh, on this th- crazy thing called MTV. Um, yeah, that they, actually played music. <laughs> they were, yeah, so I was, when I was, it was, I guess, 86. So I was like, I don't know, 12 or 13, whatever it was. And um, uh, it was 12, actually. And mm-hmm. I would be, I'd walk, I used to walk to school with one of my friends, Jason. And... Uh, Jason's like, you got to watch this show. It's the monkeys. It's on MTV. I'm like, okay. So I started watching it um, around that time. And my mom saw me watching it the one day. And she's like, oh, my God, I love the monkeys. Now, my mother was, like, raised by the monkeys pretty much. Like, she loves the monkeys. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where it first started for me was was that show in uh, 86. And then my mom used to start watching with me at that time, too. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of where when MTV and I don't even know why they brought them back. Like 
maybe it was like the 20th anniversary because you know just just checking it out their their show started back in 66 yeah so 20 years later i guess mtv just said hey let's let's bring these guys back and that was my first exposure to them and yeah i mean i just i thought they were incredible uh so i think my big question is you know like when people talk about the other group they were compared to at that time the beatles you know, everyone's like, oh, who's your favorite Beatles? So who's your favorite monkey? Oh, God. Uh, so I – well, I, I'm a little a little torn with that. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. Peter Tork because of the name. But uh, I, okay. <laughs> I, I do like uh, Davy Jones. I, I, did, I, I really did like Davy Jones. Um, my mother was in love with Davy Jones. Oh, so, that's understandable. You know, so um, – you know, and Davy Jones, I knew him, and it's funny with Davy Jones. I think why I like him the most is because before I saw the Monkees, he was on the Brady Bunch. He was on the Brady Bunch. Marsha Brady was his biggest fan. Right. <laughs> so, like, before I even saw a monkey, you know, obviously I saw the Brady Bunch way before then, and I'm like, who the hell is this Davy Jones guy? Yeah, and right. Then, <laughs> and then finally the Monkees are on, and I'm like, oh, that's who this guy is. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same way. I'm kind of torn. You know, I really do like all these guys. Um, I was I was a big fan of Mike Nesmith. Um, I think like you know I like I like the hat, the knitted hat. I oh mean, yeah, they call it knitted hat. Knitted hat all the time. That yeah. was awesome. Um, I kind of liked it because he was like the sarcastic one out of all of them. It's like you had you know Davy was like you know he was the heartthrob. Mickey was like wacky. Peter was kind of like you know, the dumb comic relief. And Mike was like that dry kind of sarcastic humor. So I liked him, but I was also, I was also a big fan of Peter Tork. Um, I don't know. Like he was just, he was really wacky and he seemed to be, whenever they do the musical numbers, he'd always be playing different instruments. I'm like, man, this guy's like really talented. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, that's the funny part of this show is, you know, when it first started, they weren't supposed, well, they all had some type of musical background, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mickey Dolan's, I think, was probably the most popular, so to speak, because he was on TV at, as a little kid uh, doing some shows and stuff like that. But um, Yeah, yeah, they, he was. They all came out of no, you know, again, Peter Tork, Mike Nesmith kind of really did play music. Um, Davy Jones was a singer, I believe, when he was, a, a, when he was in Britain. Um, he was, well, I think he did like a lot of like musical theater um, Mike, Mike was a musician kind of doing his own thing. Peter was actually same thing too. Like he was, he was like a musician and that was the thing. Like, you know, he, he could like just kind of looking at his background, like, yeah, he could play like any instruments. Like he, you know, he, he appeared real goofy on the show, but he was probably the best musician out of all of them. He's yeah. like the four of us, us brothers in armchairs, Peter. He's kind of like me. Okay. You don't know it, but he is the best of them all. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And I'm Mike Nesmith. I actually, my mom invented uh, liquid paper, and I'm I'm a gajillionaire. <laughs> that's why we podcast. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's that's how the, you know people wonder. Like I, you know, I hear on the other show they wonder there because you know I, I do so many. Po- they're like, how does he do so many podcasts? My mom invented liquid paper. That's right. You know, I, I, guess, I don't have to work. <laughs> you say you work, but you're not really working. We know that. Oh, if it was if it was only true, trust me. <laughs> 
All right, back to the monkeys. You're getting, yes. you're getting us off the rails here, as usual, Sorry Jay. That. As usual. <laughs> and you as even did usual. the Back to the Future thing before I could, so I'm not happy about it today. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so back to the monkeys. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they all kind of like, uh, you know, and uh, they all came from different parts, but they were all, they were they had their musical talent, but the at the beginning they wouldn't let them use it. Right, I mean, they barely. Let Pretty them, much. They barely Pretty let, much, yeah. Yeah, so um, you know, I don't know. I guess at some point they're like, you know, we're that's it. We're doing the music now. Mike Nesmith seems to be a big, thick hardhead, uh, mm. and he really kind of like, you know, roused up the group in in regards to like saying, "Hey, we need to get this, make this music ours." Yeah, he really. Yeah, he was really kind of like, you know, he he didn't want like the big studios having all this control over them. Um, you know, he was kind of saying, "Look, this is this is a show about four guys, four friends that are like a struggling rock band, this or that. Like, we should really be living it." And you know, it's like you, you see, they have a lot of these like made-for-TV movies that that kind of go into the development of the monkeys and everything. And that's the one thing you kind of see in each and every one of them is that, you know, he would really get them to rehearse. Like they would get done shooting and then he's like, all right, let's stick around for another six hours and, and rehearse and like become a real band. And I was like, Oh man, he, he was really taking this thing way too serious. Well, you know, I guess cause Mickey Dolan said at one time, this is a show about an imaginary band. And then they, um, then they, then they, that wanted to be the Beatles, uh, but then they then they became a successful band. Now, um, this may be a question for later on, but do you think they're a better band or a better uh, was it a better band or TV show? I think it's. I mean, I think it's a better TV show. I mean, you know, they had some of the greatest. You know, we could talk about this when we start talking about their music. I mean, they had some of the greatest writers you know musicians producers behind them really polishing up their music and it's and it's great music but i i think i really loved it for the show for the comedy and you know like you you mentioned that your mom really liked this show um and you she know loved the music too believe it or not what's that she loved the music Oh, yeah. And I think at that time, because, you know, that was also sort of like my parents generation and they both liked the show. Like, you know, they would they would talk about it, uh, you know, and just like just like your mom. My mom was like a big fan of Davy Jones. And uh, I think my dad, uh, like Mickey Dolan's, like he thought he was just hysterical. But they, um, you know, they loved it. And like my dad would say, he was like, you know. We, you know, you and I would look at this show and, oh, it's a funny show and this and that. But what my dad would say is that it was a very revolutionary show for its time. Like from six, it was on from 66 to 68, which at that time he said TV was really changing. Like you had the monkeys and then you had Batman and, you know, you started seeing these shows that Star were sort Trek. Of, Star Trek, like, you had shows that were starting to really push the boundaries. Like, he said you were getting away from the stuff, the, the clean cut, and, you know, this is how TV is done in the 50s kind of a thing. He said, you know, you started to really see some revolutionary things going on, some really surreal things, you know, where today we're like, oh, that's just fun hijinks and this and that. He was like, you didn't see this stuff on TV. Yeah. 
the bat, the bat toosy, and the monkey, yeah. and the monkey dance. <laughs> right, the monkey. You know the. Um, you know, he said like the the, the kind of like the quick cuts, the little segues, uh, sometimes breaking the fourth wall. He was like that. That just didn't happen. And you know, like for us nowadays, like I said, it seems just like kind of you know, oh, good natured fun. But it was it was a bit you know kind of counterculture and revolutionary back then. And it's kind of funny to think of a show like The Monkeys, like a wacky show, as almost being like real kind of counterculture, you know? <laughs> well, think, think about The Monkeys, Star Trek, and Batman. You know, for us, as, you know, kids are watching it in reruns, think that it's odd, it was on forever, when really these shows only did two or three seasons. Yeah. And, you know, and it's, it, I, I was surprised, you know, bef- watching this in 19, 1986. Not knowing that this was a show that was only on for, you know, two years, couldn't you know, yeah. I couldn't pull up Wikipedia at the time and say, oh, really? This is, <laughs> you know, you didn't have that that information. So, um, yeah, when I started really learning about the monkeys and able to like read about the monkeys, um, I was fascinated in not, you know, how the show was first created. They weren't really sing- at the time. I thought they were. You know, just a, a band like the Beatles that just decided to start doing a TV show, um, where you know it was the total opposite. Uh, but the show itself, you know, looking at it, you know, I think it probably can rival any of the, the TV shows that we have now, comedic-wise. Oh yeah, I mean, it's a lot of you know some of the if you watch it, I mean, some of the references that they might make. Might be a little dated, but but very few. By 50 I mean, years. <laughs> but not even so much. You know, it's it's not like a lot of. You know, they don't. They were having like a lot of fun. They were kind of you know poking fun at the older generation. Um, you know, kind of like youth empowerment and you know going against the grain, things like that. Like they weren't making very specific references to stuff that was happening at that time which is why i think you know like diana watched the monkeys like i i found episodes on youtube you know she's watching it you know she watches some episodes now and she's laughing at it because it's it's funny she's not like they're not doing jokes and she's like what are they talking about i don't get it (laughs) you know like they're it's just funny silly stuff um you know, and like I said, like a big part of it, like because a lot of the episodes, I mean, let's let's face it, a lot of the episodes were a pretty girl was in trouble. She falls in love with Davy. Davy falls in love with her. But there's some older rich guy, like a rich parent or this or that. And hijinks ensue, you know, like that's kind of the, the formula of the episodes. And, you know, I mean, I think it's something that any generation could really relate to. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think no, you're right. It's. Uh, you know, I think the monkeys kind of like, you know, nowadays, too, I mean, we have a lot of um, changes in the youth. And these guys are kind of like that, that uh, them and the Beatles kind of like began that that youth movement. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, sure. Now, yeah. Absolutely. You know, you, you know, now today, these kids, you know, the, as, we, as us older people say, this generation. Right. <laughs> That's what they were saying about these guys, uh, you know. This generation, it's like, oh, my God, these long-haired hippie people. Um, but they were making, you know, they, they were making fun of, but trying to make a point as well, which which was actually interesting. 
And they did it in a really unique way. So, you know, if you do think about it, they were like those long haired hippie people that adults would be like, oh, you know, you got to stay away from that. Like, I don't want to see that on my television. But the way they were sort of presented and packaged, it was like wholesome family fun, you know, some jokes kind of, you know, made towards adults and, and, you know, the adults watching the show. But, you know, you had... You know, these the, they were sort of like four chipper kind of guys, you know, again, Davey was like the dream boat and all that, that it had that appeal, you know, kids would like little kids would love it because they're so funny. And the older ones would love it because they're like, oh, they're long haired weirdos, but they're not so bad. They're funny. And in between, like the young adults would probably get a lot of the inside jokes and references, you know. So it really had a big sort of like cross-culture appeal. Yeah, you're right. You okay over there? Yeah, sorry, my <laughs> You going through your monkey's uh your monkey's album collection there? <laughs> no, my dog decided he wanted to be a pain in the behind. Now he always wants to get on the show, Jack. <laughs> I'm telling you, really. Jack, get on Instagram, get some followers, you can be on the show. <laughs> yeah, he's, I want to go outside now. Damn, I'm behind. Don't you know I'm doing a podcast, dog? <laughs> so, yeah, you're, but you're right. I mean, I I don't know. My I know my mother loved the show for its, its – you know, let me go back. The one good thing about the show, and I think that's what kind of like you were talking about, it's kind of like a variety show too. And at the end, they always had, uh, you know, a musical segment where they were singing one right. of their songs or, you know, they had this like, they always had a chase scene with, the, with one of the monkey songs going uh, in the background. So, um, you know, I, I don't know, I found this show and it still is like one of my favorite shows. Yeah, I mean, it's still a show that, you know, again, knowing that we were going to be talking about it, I went on YouTube, I pulled up a couple of episodes, and, and they're still funny today. I mean, they're still really, really funny today, and not for nothing, you know, I still listen to the music, you know, I have it on on my Spotify playlist, you know, if I'm driving, and, and I want to be in a good mood, you know, you pop in the monkeys, you know, you, you can't help but smile, I mean, it's just great music. Oh, absolutely, if you want to go to that music part, I actually have... My mother's mm -hmm. original, original uh, monkey, the five monkey albums. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, my, luckily my daughter loves vinyl. So um, if I want to <laughs> listen to them, I can. I try not to. I listen to them like on the, on the, you know, the, the not the Blu-ray. What the hell am I talking about? <laughs> a CD, you know. A CD, yeah, yeah. CD, or for you young people, you're using your iPhones and whatever else. I use a CD still. Um, or, or Google Play, or even Amazon sometimes will help me out here. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, the music itself, it matched the show. I mean, I you know, it was, I wouldn't say revolutionary, but it was definitely different, but appealing. I mean, it was. It was very appealing. And, you know, listen, this they started in 66. Um, that was sort of the height of the Beatles fame. And for a while, you know, you would look at album sales. And back then, you know, they actually used to, you know, I don't hear about that nowadays, album sales and this and that, because everything's all digital and just singles and what whatnot. It's all about downloads now. Yeah, it's all about that. But they used to, you know, album sales, you know, it used to be, you know, Beatles one, monkeys two. You know, sometimes vice versa. I mean, they were they were rivaling 
the Beatles. You know, that's that's how popular they were. But again, you know, you had guys like Neil Diamond writing music for them. I mean, you know, you had hit makers really writing hits for them. So it's kind of a no brainer. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then Jack Nicholson, didn't he like produce some of the music, too? I think he did. And then he helped uh, he kind of helped produce their movie uh head which well we'll talk about that later because <laughs> oh my god that was, never mind uh yeah yeah we'll talk about that later <laughs> <laughs> so i'm just going through a list of some of the uh actors that have been on the show um mm-hmm. you know pr- you know guest stars uh sure. catwoman was on it julie newmar morale mm-hmm. they always had some hot chick on that show oh every episode was a hot chick <laughs> davy jv jones tasting those Chasing everybody. I think the best chick he ever got was Marsha Brady, though, to be honest. Oh, yeah, he did. He, he right. saved the day. That's right. Sorry. Um, so there was no one really else that was uh, real famous on this. I'm surprised. Oh, Vic Tabak. I don't know if you know who Vic Tabak is. Name sounds familiar. I, I probably, if you say what he was in, I'll probably remember him. All right. So Kiss My Grits. Oh, he was Mel. Okay. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> Sorry, folks. We just go anywhere we want to go with this show. Oh yeah. Oh, that's oof. that was another great show. That's another show we're going to talk about right now. Now, uh, yeah, <laughs> launching right into it. But I mean, it's it was just it, it it was such a colorful show. It was such a fun show, and it was there would be a story, there would be a plot, and they would be pretty basic plots. You know, either sort of like I said, either Davy falls in love with the girl and they have to help her, or they're trying to make money because I remember there was an episode where, you know, once again, they're this unemployed band. And I think uh, Peter applies for a job to at a toy company and he's interviewed by a computer and he's totally thrown off by it. And then Mike goes in next and he actually, you know, his answers are so crazy. He actually like blows up the computer and he gets hired as a toy maker. And, you know, and it's like those were usually the kind of episodes. Um I mean, it was just it was just great, great fun. It's it's kind of like the, it's kind of like Scooby Doo. Like so, so, there's an episode where the monkeys spend the night in a haunted house to collect an inheritance, uh, <laughs> right? You know, yeah, you know they're always in this some cockamamie uh, scam or you know they're they're chasing some bad guy as well too. You know, there's a a shady PR man that kidnaps mm-hmm. the monkeys to prevent them from winning a talent contest. You know, there's stupid crap like that. That there, 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 there was one where they were looking for jobs, and uh, they ended up becoming pirates. Like, you know, it's the '60s, and they're like actually on like an an old time pirate ship dressed as pirates. And it's like, how do they get? How did they become pirates? They just became pirates, and it was it was it was crazy. It was absolutely it was just it was crazy stuff. Great music. Uh, and then, like, the one thing you said is, I mean, there were always pretty girls on the show. Always. 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 Um, and that's the kind of thing. And I think we talked about this a while back. When I think maybe when we were talking about Batman 66, you know, we, we were definitely talking about the 60s. How those shows in the mid to late 60s, even into the early 70s, always had beautiful women on it. But they weren't, like... It wasn't like everything was hanging out, you know. It wasn't in your face. It was, you know, so much sexier. I don't understand, you know. You know, people think I'm crazy when I say that, but when I watch some of the stuff from the '60s and '70s, and I'm like, wow, that's 
that's hot. And they're like, well, she she's not really showing anything. I'm like, yeah, but it's it's something about it. Yeah, it's something about it. I mean, you know, they were they were you know very beautiful women. Um, they were very interesting women, and you know, I guess by the fact that they're I don't want to say like they were like you know they were all covered up or whatever, but the fact that they weren't just all out there and in your face. It made them very like alluring and very, you know, sort of mysterious and things like that. You know, where nowadays, I don't know, it's just, it's just like I said, it's just it's in your face and it's like, come on already. <laughs> Did you know with the monkeys that the pilot episode was the 10th episode? <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, I was. Uh, I just. I'm reading up some of the stuff that uh, from our favorite well, Wikipedia um, <laughs> and other places. I didn't know that the tenth one. So, like, I have them all in order, right? On, okay. On, on a DVD here at the house, and mm-hmm. the "Here Comes the Monkeys" the pilot episode is the first one that's there. But according to Wikipedia, it was the tenth one filmed. Interesting. Yeah. That is very, very interesting. I did not know that. But yeah. I did not know that. But so, yeah, like you're saying, we could talk about these shows. I mean, they have some of the craziest, wackiest thing. You know, they they break, they, it's it's Scooby-Doo before Scooby-Doo. Or no, Scooby-Doo was in the 60s, wasn't it? I think it might have been in the 60s. But I mean, that, that, that's the thing. This this is the kind of stuff you, you, you started to see. You know, Batman started to give us like the campy kind of humor but they were also making some sort of like subtle jokes and counterculture type of jokes. The monkeys, it was a little bit more overt because they were four young guys. So of course they're really going to be poking fun at mainstream America and older America. But like I said, they did it in such a charming way that, you know, parents weren't turning off the TVs and like, I don't want you watching these long haired weirdos. You know, they were like, they, they were sort of like, they were hippies. But they were acceptable hippies. <laughs> right, no, because, you know, there's nowadays, I mean, again, this stuff is, especially in the 60s, I mean, things were obviously different then. I mean, it was you know, more like, well, the 50s were really like, you know, this is man's world, whatever. And then the 60s started, 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 yeah. started to change. And I think um, these shows really started making those changes. Where, you know, look at Catwoman. Mm-hmm. She's like the first bad guy who's like a leader right that you saw on tv like you didn't see that a yeah lot. yeah no that's that's very very true um yeah you know i mean women were starting to take more of a role you know in shows um it's just yeah it was like a big it was a it was a time for it was a time of that nah, i can speak it was a time of big change it was a time where i think you know, Hollywood and, and, and TV studios and movie studios were starting to say, you know what? Like the culture of America is really changing. We have to change. And they just started experimenting with different things and, you know, what's working, what's not working instead of just, like I said, going to that old, you know, well, this is how we did TV in the fifties and it goes like this and it's very regimented and you, and you don't like, you don't break the fourth wall. You know, that's the, why would you talk to the audience? That's absolutely ridiculous where shows like the monkeys and, and that came later. were like, well, we're going to do that. And we're just going to do weird and crazy stuff. Um, one of the things I thought that was really interesting was, you know, the monkeys is kind of like a family type show, kids show, there sometimes before the episode would start they would do little segments and there was one segment where 
they brought on, you know, musician Frank Zappa, who was like, most of America probably never even heard of this guy, you know, he was like one of those like long haired weirdo guys, um, you know, and they brought him on the show and kind of introduced him to like mainstream America. I have to be um, honest with you, I'm not too familiar with, I know who he is. I don't know a lot about him himself, Frank Zappa. Yeah, I mean, he was like, he he definitely was like, he was a musician. He was sort of like, like a psychedelic kind of pre-punk kind of musician. Um, I mean, he had a very long career. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's not somebody that most people would know who it is. And they brought him on. Um, famously, also, when the Monkees went on tour, um, they hired, I think the first go round, they asked Jimi Hendrix to open for them. It was an absolute disaster because you had all these like teeny boppers in the audience waiting to hear the monkeys and they're listening to Jimi Hendrix like, what the heck is this? You know, but that's the thing is they were trying to use their show and their popularity to sort of like, let's introduce more of this kind of like revolutionary counterculture kind of stuff. And some of it went well. And in the case of Jimi Hendrix opening for them, it, it really didn't go well, but but they tried it. Right. Absolutely. I mean, and. Think about what Jimi Hendrix turned into. But again, it was a different crowd. It wasn't the, I guess it was, but it wasn't. I mean, uh, you know, I don't know. I've, I can't imagine going to a Monkees concert in the 60s and there wasn't any like, you know, funny business, so to speak, smoking around, you know, but <laughs> um, not probably, I can't think as much as like, I mean, I'm not a Hendrix fan, so I really don't know all his music and I never really had mm -hmm. a desire to see him in concert. Well, but it, it would be like, it would be like if, if uh, fans of uh, uh, God, I don't know any boy bands. I'm just gonna like, okay, One like, Direction and, and like One Direction is and Metallica. In my mind, like like if 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 fans went to go see One Direction and like Metallica opened for them, they would be like, you know, the kids in the audience would be like, what? What is this? No, <laughs> right. we want One Direction. You know, it's it's. I guess it was it would be kind of be something like that. <laughs> Metallica and Justin Bieber. Um, anyway, there you go. My two favorites. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe one of them is. I do like. Okay. I do like Bieber a lot. Uh, so you're a believer. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. Believer. Well, try. hey, you know what? That's well, that's no, that's a good segue. So, do you have? And this is a very tough question. Yeah. Do you have a favorite monkey song? Oh my god! You have to ask me that. Um, I well, know. all right. Give me, give me, and I, in no particular order. I knew that was coming too. I should have known better. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> give me, give me, give me. Five favorite songs, no particular order. Okay. Um, no particular order. Number one. No. Um, <laughs> I love Last Train to Clarksville. Oh, that's one of their first big hits. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Daydream Believer. Oh, that is a classic. Yes. Oh, God. What else is... I Want to Be Free. Okay. Now, there's there's two versions of that song. There's like a, a, a slow version, and there's one that's a little more up-tempo. Uh, do do you have? I like the slow. I like the slower version. See, I like a little more up tempo one, but I mean, it's a great song. It's like, a great song. You, you, know, you hate Chevy Chase and you hate I. I want to be free. The slower version. I the mean, slower. I'm starting to lose faith here right now, uh, Jay. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay, so uh, I love the theme song. I, I mean, I know that. Um, that's probably a cop out, but I do like the theme song. No, it was a it was a good song. It was a very catchy song. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, last train to Clarksville. I'm mm -hmm. a believer. Uh, did I say daydream believer or no? 
I think you said daydream believer. Yeah, you did say daydream believer. I'm a believer, and the oh, theme, and I can't think of the. Damn I want to be free. Yeah, so there's, there's another song that uh, Davy Jones sings. It's a slower song, and I can't think of it. Ah, God, it's not she. Shoot, I get my dang monkey songs confused all the time. <laughs> uh, I also, I also enjoyed the song Valerie. Oh yeah, Valerie's uh, a great show. Valerie's song. a great song. Um, there's a song that Mike Nesmith did called um, "You Just May Be the One." That was a good one that I liked. Um, Oh, I was just thinking of another one of theirs that I really, really liked. Um, Pretty Young Thing, or Sweet Young Thing, sorry. Sweet Young Thing was uh, one of my favorites. And I actually, there was a song, and when I used to listen to the Monkees a lot in the car, uh, Diana's, one of Diana's all-time favorite songs was the one that Peter Tork did called Auntie Griselda. Because it was just wacky, crazy, and she asked, that was like, that's probably her favorite monkey song, Auntie Griselda. Uh, oh, that's good. Thank you, Diana. Uh, now, uh, so Pleasant Valley Sunday was the other one I was thinking of as well. Oh, that's a good one, yeah. I'm, she is a good song. I mean, they're all really great songs. Um, and it's funny how, like, some of them didn't produce. They didn't, well, Michael Nesmith was a lot involved in a lot of the uh, stuff. Not a lot, but a lot of, you know, some of the producing of the music. But, um, yeah. again, once... The, it's funny because you know you hear about you hear when you when you first watch a show you don't know anything about it when you're like twelve years old and you think oh these guys wrote this music and you, then you learn the backstory then you hear them in concert which I did in 1987 I actually saw them in concert Great uh, Adventure uh, no I, everybody everybody says that to me that's so funny well that was one of their big <laughs> big appearances in this area that's why so where, where did you see them? I saw them at the Meadowlands. They, Whoa, oh, that's right. They did play the Meadowlands. It was, they did. It was them. Uh, the there was four Herman Hermits. Ooh. Oh uh, God, I can't think of the damn name. The Roots, something. The Roots. I can't think of the band's name. And then what? One other old, like you know, old time. Not old time, but like you know, that's kind of same time music. And mm-hmm. I just remember the Monkees were were the were the you know the uh, ending band, and mm-hmm. I was with my mom. I'm like, when is this going to be over? You know, I want to see the monkeys. I don't want to see these, <laughs> these other... I don't want to see these old guys. I don't want to see these other jackets. I want to see the other old guys I came to see. <laughs> That's right. I came to see the other old guys. And so I know the next question is to be, who was there? It was Mickey, Davey, and Peter that, that was there. And at that time, right. Mike yeah. Smith, he kind of like distanced himself from yes. the group for a long period of time. Now, I know that uh, when you and your partner there, John, you guys went out recently to Steel City, Mike Nesmith was there. Did that come up? Like, why Why did he distance himself with the big reunions and even still to this day? No, well, uh, honestly, uh, yeah, I, yeah, we did go see his, uh, his Q&A. I was so mm-hmm. disappointed with him, I have to be honest. Uh, okay. Because, A, he was... He was um, well, first of all, his he it was ridiculous pricing for his autographs. Um, I remember you guys talking about that. Like he was one of the most expensive. Was it like it was either autographs or photo ops, right? He was like one of the most expensive. Yeah, if, if you wanted a uh, if you wanted an autograph on something, it was like a hundred bucks plus another eighty for a picture. And I'm like, you're out of your mind, man. Okay, and he was there with guys like John Cusack, Ron Perlman, Daphne Zuniga, and it's like, okay, 
I like the monkeys. Like, I love the monkeys. Mike Nesmith was one of my favorite monkeys, but you're pricing yourself higher than Ron Perlman and John Cusack? I don't think so. Well, yeah, I mean, he was – and the funny part was, you know, I, when you go to uh, Steel City Con, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, and maybe one day Jay will go with us. Um, maybe, yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a room, like they have this – when we first started going, they didn't put anybody in this big room, right? Uh, but okay. now the stars get bigger and bigger. He wasn't even in that big room, you know. So I'm like, really, a hundred dollars? And you know, I want to get something for my mom because sure, I know, yeah, I know she she loves she loved the uh, she loves the monkeys, and it just it wasn't it wasn't there. He just did not seem real pleasant. So I was very upset with that. That's disappointing. Um, I remember he had a show. It was in the early '80s. It was called Television Parts. It was like a summer. It was like a summer replacement. Like over the summer, they're showing mostly reruns, and they would try different shows out. And it was like a variety show. And I remember as a kid watching it. And actually, you know, with the way you know we're talking about music and downloads and things like that, you can go on Spotify now and you could find his solo work, which which isn't bad. It's actually pretty good music. But again, I think he's thinking a little too high of it. Like you know, you're Mike Nesmith. You're not, you know, you're not Paul McCartney. You know, well, you know <laughs> and, he's, I, and he's almost acting like that. I, you know, I think that's kind of part of it. And I think you know, he, you know. The man has no idea what reality is because of his mom and making all that money and stuff like that. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's what it sounds like. That's absolutely yeah, what it sounds like. You couldn't like. even like go near, near his table without like if you couldn't spend money, you couldn't even say hi to the guy. And you know, when you go to these Steel City Con, any of these Comic Cons or anything like that, you know, these are your fans. At least say hello to them, right? Um, yeah, exactly. Now. Uh, before before you guys went to Steel City, months before that, John and I went to East Coast Comic Con, and Mickey Dolans was there. Uh, Mickey, Do- he was there, and one of the Monkey Mobiles was there. And you could walk right up to him. You could talk to him. He, you know, of course, look, he's he's there to sign things. He's there to sell his merchandise. But he was a very nice man. He was very pleasant. I was, I will admit, I was actually intimidated. Like. You know, you guys. You guys have gone to a lot of these cons. You talk to these guys. I'm sorry, Jack. You, you can't be on the show. Enough, man. This dog. Sorry, go ahead. That's okay. You know, that was sort of my first time seeing like like a big because right next to right next to where he was, like he was there. Then they had the monkey mobile. Then the next uh, table was the Batmobile on the Bat Cycle with um and it wasn't Julie Newmar, it was um Lee Merriweather. So I'm like, oh my God, I'm seeing so like I was totally tongue tied. I but I could have walked right up to him and said hello and and asked him a couple of questions. He he seemed very approachable. People were talking to him. There was actually one guy who dressed you remember like the monkeys would do this once in a while. Whenever Whenever there was danger, they would turn into the monkey men, sort of yes, like they're, yep. they're taking, there was a guy running around in a monkey man suit with like a Beatles wig on. And Mickey Dolan <laughs> thought it was hilarious. And he was like, where did you get that? That's amazing. So he you could see that he totally appreciated his fans. He was a very nice guy. And I think you said that he's going to he's going to be at the next Steel City yep. or Peter Torque. In December, he'll be there. So I'm, I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to that. Hopefully I can. Get an autograph. I will, you know, as you know, you listen to the fat guys. Um, we try not to, we, we try to meet the celebs without 
having to spend money. We're, we're cheap. Um, <laughs> I didn't want to say that out loud. Did I say that out loud? I guess I did. Um, ah, we'll, 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 we'll get rid of that. In that <laughs> um, but as soon as we learn how to edit, that's right. As soon as we learn how to edit, uh, John, help us. Uh, Mickey Dolan's uh, mm-hmm. actually is one of the guys I really would like to meet, and I really would be willing to spend, you know, the money on getting him to sign an autograph. I just couldn't see myself doing it because I didn't really think he was approachable. Now, like you guys said, like you said, if he's he seems approachable, then it's you know it's definitely a you know something I will do. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, East Coast Comic Con, obviously not as big as, as Steel City, but he seemed he seemed like a very nice guy. He seemed very approachable. Like I said, people were coming up, talking to him, shaking his hand. Um, and I don't think he would price himself out like the way Mike Nesmith did. You know, I think his autograph and picture photo op uh, prices will probably be a lot more reasonable. And you know, you might even be able to get a picture with him for, like, he just seems like that kind of guy. Like you, you, the feeling I got seeing him there at East coast comic con was that he appreciates his fans. You know, he, he really does. It's funny with Mickey Dolan. Did you know that uh, him and Kurt Russell, uh, is it Kurt Russell? Uh, used to like, they were always competing for the same, they would audition for the same stuff back in the mm-hmm. early fifties. And really, Kurt, and Kurt Russell would always win. <laughs> always get. I wonder job. why. <laughs> yeah, because you know Mickey Dolan was trying to be a serious actor for a long time. Yeah, he was, and, and his uh, his daughter ended up becoming uh, an actress. Yes, for a while. Wow. Yes. Yeah, she was on one of. Uh, I saw her. she was on the what's the name of the team? She was in a movie. Um, gosh, she was in the one with Tony Danza. Uh, Tony Danza was her dad, and you know it was like. He's very overprotective, and it's like, well, I'm going to go out and have some fun, kind of a, you know, I, I forget the name of the movie, but she, yeah, she was in that. I'm looking it up because, you know, I used to love Amy Dolan's. I didn't know at the time that that was her daughter, his daughter. His daughter, yeah, I know. I know what you mean, the same thing. She was in, like, Camp, I, I know she was in Can't Buy Me Love. She's out of control, yeah. was that it? She was out of, out of control, yep. Yeah. Yep, and I think that after I saw it, somebody was like, "That's Mickey Dolan's daughter," and I was like, "What?" Like, hey, now, wow! I loved her. I really did love Amy Dolan's, and then she kind of like disappeared. Um, yeah, she did. She but, was she was on Fairless Bueller's uh, TV show, which was bad. But I mean, oh, <laughs> uh, that was very forgettable. Um, but they they still tore around. Uh, you know, they come to the State Theater here. I think it's it's Mickey and Peter with various friends so they're still touring and they actually diana actually because she listens to them on spotify i mean they still put out new music believe it or not the monkeys yeah so in 1986 87 uh when their their revival came they actually put out a new album at the time uh that was then this is now and that's actually one of my i love that song too the main song of that album um yeah it's a very good song I'll i'll tell you a little funny story uh, God. And God, this is going to be embarrassing. Uh, so, you know, when you and John and Alan are playing your G.I. Joes and you're shooting them up and my G.I. Joes were wrestlers. <laughs> so okay. They, they used to wrestle, right? So I used to, you know, sit in the couch and the wrestling ring was the, the cushion of the couch. And uh, I had back then on the VCR, I recorded the video for that was then, this is now. So I had two two of my wrestlers, which happened to be Duke and um, 
who's the, it's Duke and the other guy who's the, uh, Flint, right? Okay, okay. Is, is it Duke and Flint? Is that the two Duke guys? And Flint? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, they were the monkeys, and they I when they come out to wrestle, like their their theme song would be that song. That was then. This is now. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Is that bad? That's so bad. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> and they would take on the uh, the horsemen who would. Uh, rip them apart all the time <laughs> uh yeah i i think so I think <laughs> but yeah so that song man you know i i i would probably hear, play that song at least three or four times a day and my mother would probably want to kill me at that point in time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that was a great album when they first started coming back and touring i was really excited and my mom took me to this this tour in uh the meadowlands and now that they're back around i'd like to go see him again I mean, it's, I don't know if it's going to be the same as with Davy Jones. Because, again, Davy Jones is kind of that front – they're all kind of a front man at one point. But I think Davy yes. Jones was the biggest point or Mickey Dolan's was. I, I mean, I think – I mean, you know, truth be told, I think Davy Jones was sort of like – he was like the face of the monkeys. I mean, if, if, if somebody said the monkeys, that's probably – he's probably the first person you think of. Like he was – yeah, he made the Brady Bunch. I mean, of course he's the face. <laughs> of course. I mean, come on. You know, he he saved Marsha. You right. know, Marsha, Marsha. I, I still actually, I still remember that episode where they were, I think it was like Bobby and Peter were making fun of Marsha because she was a Davy Jones fan and he's going to come to the school dance. And I think like Peter had a tennis racket and he's strumming it like a guitar. And Bobby's like, hey, Davy, baby, don't break your guitar. And I just, <laughs> it just cracked me up. <laughs> Isn't that funny? That's exactly how it went, too. Um... <laughs> well, that, what was great was when they did the Brady Bunch movie in the 90s. Uh, once again, Davy Jones came back and saved Marsha. <laughs> yes, he did, and he sang. And all the mo- hot moms are like coming to the front. And all the kids oh like, yeah, who's this oh, Davy yeah. Jones guy? Oh my god, that was you know that. I that was love a great that movie. Scene. By the, it was a great scene. I love that movie, by the way, too. But oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I think Davy Jones being the front. When people think, like you said, the monkeys, the first thing they come out of their head is Davy Jones. It's Davy Jones, yeah. At least yeah. The, the older ladies that love the monkeys. <laughs> Yeah, well, like you said, like in, in that scene in the Brady Bunch remake, like when he came out, all the kids are like, who's this old guy? And all the teachers are like, oh, my God, it's Davy Jones. And they're like rushing the stage. Yeah, I mean, that was again, uh, I'm just thinking of the moms that are rushing the stage. Uh, so <laughs> God, I gotta get my head out of my ass. Um, so, yeah, all right. <laughs> the monkeys. So, uh, you know, now so they're back out and you said that they're, you know, kind of like touring and i know when we more small venues yeah yeah i know mike nesmith did say that you know he does try to go out every once in a while he was definitely pushing all his albums that he had um all his new stuff with that's steel city yeah now he he actually was in a, a movie um uh, in the 80s when kind of the guys disappeared um mm-hmm. he was in he was in a movie with cusack Really? Yeah. Uh, God, I forgot what it was called. They were talking about because Cusack and Nesmith are talking about it, talking heads or something like that, or I forgot what exactly it was called. But uh, yeah, I found it interesting that he, was, um, that he was talking about. Now, so some interesting things about the monkeys. Fire away. Fire away. So you know, uh, they won two Emmy awards. Yes, they did. I did know that. Yes. Yeah, so they won an Emmy. They won Outstanding Comedy Series in nineteen mm-hmm. in nineteen sixty seven. Against, listen to these shows that they were up against. The Andy Griffin Show, mm-hmm. Bewitched, mm-hmm. Get Smart, and Hogan's Heroes. Wow. I mean, 
not a big fan of the Andy Griffith show, but, you know, always loved Bewitched. You know, I always loved Hogan's here. I mean, I mean, that's like some very stiff competition there. But, yeah, they they won out. That's that's great. Think about these shows that they were, that were in the 60s. And we will get to a lot of these shows. On our oh, podcast. we will, guys. Don't worry about that. <laughs> you had We already mentioned Batman 66. We've already done some of that. Multiple times, yes. Uh, that's most, Batman 66, Batman 66. Um, Star Trek. Uh, yeah. Hogan's Heroes. Gilligan's Island. Not even, yes. like, even in the air. You know, Andy Griffin, Bewitched, Get Smart. So many great shows that came out of that time and you know you compare it to today and you're like what is this garbage that they're putting out I mean you have a few shows that are good and even in the 80s there were some good shows like Roseanne and um, shows like that and Full House and those type of things but I don't think anything ever rivaled the 60s when it came to TV and comedy the Brady Bunch I mean the Partridge Family the the Adams Family the Monsters Yeah. yeah You know, I, I mean, because I think I think at that time television was so new that they really had the chance to just to just try things, to just try so many different things. You know, let's do let's like like you look at a show like Rowan and Martin's Laughing, like a variety show, a comedy variety show like that. You know, they they just had the opportunity to do that. Like it was such a new medium. It was such a new market a way to to um you know entertain people that i think they had so much so many new ways to go and i just really don't see that anymore now i don't see them i don't see tv shows trying anything new or different it's kind of like we got to get a lot of viewers and we got to get a lot of ad sponsors and this and that and we don't want to offend anybody and we don't want to do this like we just we just want to make money, you know. So let's put something on that's gonna make money. Yeah, a lot of these shows they're they're out in the sixties were you know like the monkeys were trying to appeal to a certain like I guess they these other shows do too. But you know you can see it; it's apparent in the monkeys. You know they're they're appealing to the to the kid, but they also have that like adult humor, kind of like the Bugs Bunny shows, TV shows back in whatever it was the forties, fifties, whatever it was. You know, yeah, it, it was yeah. for kids, but they had that adult humor in it um you don't see a lot like i think of like if i think of a show now compared to like the monkeys and stuff it's big bang theory that's the only one i can really think of um and you know again in the 80s i can think of stuff but now i think big bang's the real the real winner versus some of these other ones yeah and i think i you know and again i mean we are, we're starting to get off topic but whatever i mean now you're seeing streaming services coming up with shows and again, you know, trying to appeal to different, you know, DC is going to, well, actually it's out already. DC has their own streaming service now and they're going to put out content for people that love, you know, comic books and, and DC type heroes. Marvel will follow suit, um, you know, on Hulu, on Netflix, on Amazon Prime. You know, they're starting to develop shows like that, like network television. I mean, honestly, we watch, we binge watch shows on Netflix or Hulu. You know, we're, we're rarely putting on network TV because even things that I like to watch, like on the CW, like Riverdale and, and Supergirl, I could just always watch it on an app later. You know, I don't have to, you know, like in our day, you know, you'll remember it's like, you know, oh, oh my God, the Cosby shows on Thursdays on, on NBC at eight o'clock. Like I have to tune in because if I miss it, 
I have to wait for the summer reruns. You know, now you watch it whenever you want, wherever you want. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, back to the monkeys. Another uh, interesting fact. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I know this has been de- denied a little bit, but from where I've read all of the other places, and I read a, a, a book or two on the monkeys, honestly, um, mm-hmm. not the ones that are in the zoo. Because um, <laughs> I don't like – never mind. Uh, you know, so they sold over okay. uh, 75 million records worldwide. And international, okay. um, they actually at, at the band's peak success outsold the Beatles and the Rolling Stones combined uh, in, in regards to albums. Yeah, and I mean, I you know, looking at some other data, like I said, when they would you would look at like yearly album sales or album sales during certain periods of times, they would be you know number one, or sometimes you know they would be number two just behind the Beatles. Like that's. Absolutely true. And of course, you know, another another interesting thing is, is when is when they toured uh, the UK, the Beatles wanted to meet them. And, you know, you would have thought that they would be like, hey, you guys are ripping us off and you're making fun of us. They love like the, the Beatles loved the monkeys. They, they absolutely did. They thought what they were doing on TV was great. Like they even said, you know, uh, you know, I read this somewhere that when they kind of had a big get together, you know, John Lennon said to like one or two of them, like, I really wish we could have as much fun as you guys have, like doing the things you do and being irreverent and counterculture on TV. I, I wish we could do that. So. I, I never, you know, as a Be- as a Monkees fan, I do like the Beatles a lot, too. I mm-hmm. never compared them. I always thought they were just different. I mean, I thought they were like, you know, the complete opposite, I, you know. But they both make great music. I didn't think one, you know, they were one of the, you know, I didn't make think they were making fun of the Beatles at all. I thought they were just kind of like the the dopey four guys versus the four real smart guys. You know? well, I I, I kind of <laughs> thought of them. I kind of thought of, of the Monkees as almost sort of like an homage to the Beatles, sort of because you know the Beatles were really like you know four scraggly guys that you know really shook the world with what they did, and I think the Monkees you know, we're trying to actually kind of pay tribute to that in their own sort of unique way. That's that's kind of the way I would look at it. You know, and I think, the, you know, unlike the Beatles, who I think were, you know, probably one of the greatest bands of all time, it's, sure. kind, of, it's kind of hard to argue that. I think the yeah. Monkees are the start of the boy band. Oh, absolutely. They, they, they absolutely are. Um, you know, and... Let's think about some of the shows that were on, like Nickelodeon, and I'm sure your daughter, and I know my daughter watched mm-hmm. uh, Big Time Rush. Big Time Rush was you know, pretty much like the monkeys. It was yeah. exactly like the monkeys. So, yeah. you know, and I saw them at concert too, and they were no monkeys. But, um, <laughs> no. But Selena Gomez no. opened for them, so it was, it was fine. <laughs> uh, in a, uh, there's another TV show. That, so there's a couple of them that really kind of did it. Hannah Montana, think about Miley Cyrus, even though she's by herself. It's kind of these are all these shows are built around what the monkeys did in the sixties. Yeah, I mean, if you look, as I mean, Diana used to love watching Hannah Montana. Um, strangely enough, not so much for Hannah Montana. She loved the cast of characters that were sort of in that show. But it really was. I think like, I, like when I, I would sit there and watch it with her, I was kind of like, this is kind of like what the monkeys did. Like, you know, she was this big musician, but then she would. You know, her and her friends would get into like crazy, wacky situations. And I'm like, yeah, kind of like the monkeys did. And then she would tour, you know, I think she did the tour where she was Hannah Montana. And then she came out as Miley Cyrus, you know, 
And it was, I mean, this is stuff that was definitely inspired by what the monkeys did uh, way back when. Yeah, absolutely. Now, we have to talk about something that was bad. From the monkeys on many bad things, but that movie had was, was rough. Yeah, I mean, that was, I, I don't know what they were thinking with that. Uh, you know, they wanted to do some kind of crazy psychedelic film. Um, it's very unusual, avant-garde, but the thing that's the thing that's nuts about it is, you know, like I said, the monkeys appeal to everybody pretty much, you know, adults all the way down to little kids. But primarily their audience were 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 kids, teenagers. But this was I think this movie was rated R. I believe it was. Yeah. So those kids can't go to see it. So people that don't really watch the monkeys are the ones that are going to see it. And they're going to be like, what the heck am I watching here? Who are these people? And a, a big majority of their fan base is, is cut out of it. You know, like they can't even go to see it. So I don't know what they were smoking. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know what the the concept. Of, it was a. Uh, it was written by Jack Nicholson and uh, yeah. another guy, and um, they kind of like. It, it just seemed like like I you know I watched it after I watched the monkeys and then this you know it came out on VHS or you know how they release these things and yeah. I watched it and I'm like what the hell is this now I mean granted it had some great people in it like Terry Gar uh, Annette Funicello uh, Frank Zappa was in it Sonny Liston um, you know Ray Nitschke there's a lot of great appearances Dennis Hopper but. It just, I don't know. I think they were trying to do Hard Day's Night, but it just didn't really come out that way. Yeah, it, it really didn't. It was really, it just seems like it was kind of thrown together and just, you know, whoever had a crazy idea, yeah, let's just throw it in there. But like I said, it was a movie that was got an R rating, so a majority of your fans aren't going to know about it or be, even be able to see it. So, but I guess they sort of thought, you know what? again, they wanted to be experimental, you know, and at that time they were like, hey, this is what we want to do and it, is, it, it just didn't go over very well. what happens we let them get in charge and doing things. Yeah, because like, there's, so. there's a scene that they're jumping off a bridge into the water and I'm thinking, this is like really weird and at that point, like I've watched it full through once i couldn't do it anymore like i right. was, i was like okay yeah i'm i'm uh i'm done with this thing i don't know what's going on <laughs> and my mom watched it with me she's like wow this is she's like she has, she didn't remember that in this because it was made in 68 or 69 and right she's like i don't remember seeing this but i'm glad i didn't <laughs> yeah because i don't think it got it kind of got the big push that you know, the show got obviously. And I think it's because, you know, when I was a kid, you know, obviously when we're watching this in 1986-87 on MTV and we, we see this and then it's like a complete opposite of what they do. You're kind of like thrown off, thrown off from it. And I'm sure that's, how they, I'm sure that's how they felt back in, um, back in the 60s as well. Yeah. All right. So I have a top 10. Not from our okay. friend, not from our friends at Ranker because Ranker is ranking. Um, <laughs> it's at uh, this. It's Axis A X S. Uh, they okay. also they also like to rank. So I'm going to give you the top <laughs> ten movies uh, songs from the okay. monkeys, and then I'll give you the top ten shows episodes. Oh, okay. Okay. So number ten, the Star Collector. I'm not familiar with that. I'm song. not familiar with that song. It's it says it's a fans a fan song and a phenomenon of the groupies. Uh, yeah, so 
It says the Star Collector. I'm not really familiar with the Star Collector. I have to be not familiar with that one. Okay. No. Number nine. Mm-hmm. Words. Words. Oh yeah, that's uh, that was a pretty good. You would hear that on a lot of episodes, usually uh, at the end. Yeah, that that was a good one. Now, Randy Scouse Git. Is that how you say it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's number eight. That I think was sort of like the closing theme, like well, when they would roll the credits at the end. Okay. Um, number because you know that's funny about the show. Remember they used to they start the. The, the, the beginning of the show obviously was this boom, here we come, you know, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes at the end, they play either that or this other song. Did you ever yeah. notice that? You know, so it's yeah. like, okay. Uh, number seven, I Want to Be Free. Yeah. Okay, One number, of our favorites. Yeah. Number six, what am, I, what am I Doing Hanging Around? That was sung by Mike Nesmith. Oh, that was a great one. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I actually, I remember that one. From an episode where they went south of the border, uh, of course, Davy fell in love with a girl, mm-hmm. you know, as usual. And yeah, that was a great song. It was a great song. Number five. Uh huh. Last train to Clarksville, which Last I listen. To, I listen to that all the time. Wow, I'm kind of, that's kind of low on the the rankings there, but okay, all yeah. right. Number four, mm-hmm. Pleasant Valley Sunday. Another good one that we talked about. Written yeah. by Carol King. I never knew that. To be honest. Yes. With. Yes, written by Carol King. They had a yes. lot of people writing for them, huh? They really did. This song I do like it. I didn't think it was in my, I, maybe not my top five, but I'm not your stepping stone. Oh yeah, I'm oh yeah. That's I'm not your stepping stone. Sorry. Usually, and I would remember that like in episodes. Usually, if there was like a chase scene, they they would play that song. I'm not your stepping stone, and there would be like that wacky chase scene. <laughs> yeah. Um, number f- number two is uh, Daydream Believer. Of course, yeah. So okay. number one. Number one. What do you think number one is? Uh, I don't think it's going to be the theme theme to the monkeys. Uh, hmm. Hmm. Kind of surprised it's not Daydream Believer. Okay, I'm. Which one is it? I'm, I'm a believer. Surprised. I'm a believer. Yes. I'd probably switch one and two around, but I mean that's a great. That's a pretty good top ten right there. Right. That's, yeah. That's that's what happens when Renker doesn't get involved. <laughs> yeah. Renker doesn't do things right sometimes. So, but uh, we do number love one, you, Renker. Number one, the head. <laughs> that's, that's actually number seven. No, uh, so you know, what do you think? That's a pretty decent list, right? I think that's a, I think that's a great list. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the songs that we kind of mentioned in our personal top five are on there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, like I said, the, the the first song you mentioned, that Star Collector, I had never heard of, but every other song on there, I think most people listening in would know a majority of those songs, and hopefully also have kind of like I said when you were mentioning them, like like I'm your I'm not your stepping stone. I'm like thinking of chase scenes, like where they're being chased by, you know, vampires or whatever, you know, like they always would get involved in something and. The chase scenes would usually have that song playing, so it just kind of made me think of like old episodes. All right, so I do have another uh, another top uh, top five. Um, top five. It is from Ranker, actually. Um, uh, all right. All right. So <laughs> they're the, their albums, okay? Oh, okay. Okay. So they actually, I believe they had seven albums. So I'll give you all seven. Uh, Instant Replay, which was released in 1969. Okay. I believe uh, that's. Like right after head, um, okay. number six head. 
<sighs> okay. I, I, don't ha- I don't have that album. I I don't. I like I, I found again, like I found it on Spotify and it's 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 just it's so different from a lot of the stuff that they did that it's it's really out there. Okay. I two sixty eight, the birds, the bees, the monkeys. Yes. Uh, on that album was Valerie, Daydream Believer, um, the poster. Uh, I, I can't. I know that song. I just can't sing it in my head at this moment in time. <laughs> uh, number four, The Monkeys. The Monkeys. Take a course. giant step. I'll be true to you. I want to be free. Last train to Clarksville. Mm-hmm. Number three, more of The Monkeys. Oh. Mary, Mary. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a great song. I'm that's a believer. A I'm not your stepping stone. Not your stepping stone. Number two, mm-hmm. it's not that, is Headquarters, which is, um, I, so like uh, Morning Blues and Greens for Pete's mm-hmm. sake. Uh, I, this was released in 1967. And the number mm-hmm. one album, yes, Pisces, Aquarius, Capricorn, and Jones. And Jones, yes. <laughs> and I have all of those albums minus Head, um, uh, the original ones. Uh, it's again, I you know I don't have. This is the only band I actually have all their albums. Uh, no, it's not true. I have Van Halen's all their albums too. But okay. this is one of the two bands that I have all their music and can listen to pretty much all of it all the time minus Head. Yeah, I mean they're all. I mean, really, you put on any one of those albums and you're really going to like a majority of the music on there. Because, again, like you mentioned, you know, Neil Diamond wrote for them. Carol King wrote for them. I mean, they had some big time hit makers writing for them. And it was like I said, it's it's fun music. And I mean, I know when you were when you were mentioning uh, song titles, like I said, I would just kind of get flashbacks of like episodes or, you know, some of the musical montages, like, I don't know, do you, do you do that? Like when you think of some of these songs, like kind of brings you back to watching the show or, or certain episodes. If I, if like I'm really listening to it. So when I, when I either do my walking or exercising, mm-hmm. I'll, uh, I'll, you know, I have a few of the songs on my playlist. Yeah. You know, I can think about, I, I think about the episode and what happens is I come home and I'm like, God, I gotta watch some of this stuff, and that's why I'm so so behind on my TV because I'm watching, <laughs> I'm watching the monkeys. You're watching the be, monkeys. When I should be watching like the Flash, so I can talk about that with you in two weeks or three weeks. <laughs> uh, no, I'm watching the monkeys. I'm watching something else, and I'm like, man, or I'm watching my game shows. But yes, it, I I do I do get caught up in that, and I think about like, oh man, I remember that episode. I remember, you know, I can remember vividly, not the, maybe the episode, right? But the Daydream Believer. I remember. I don't remember what episode it was in, but I do remember them singing it, and they're by the piano, and Davy's, you know, he's doing his little dance. I remember all that, and it, it flashes back to me all the time. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, I also remember there was a time they did uh, Daydream Believer. Oh, the pirate episode. They did Daydream Believer, and they were on the pirate ship, and uh, you know, Davy's kind of sitting on the the mast or whatever it was. Um, and like I said, you know, I'm not your stepping stone. I just remember like crazy chase scenes and, you know, they would kind of do like almost like those Scooby-Doo type of chase scenes where they run in one door and come out the other. And then the bad guy opens the other door and he's looking around and I'm not your stepping stone is playing. Um, yeah, Antique, like, was, 
Auntie Griselda, which was a wacky song, there was like a Frankenstein episode. And they were playing that, and it was like they were messing around with the science equipment, and because it had a lot of weird sounds in that song and everything, and it was just, just, oh man, it's just great memories. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Again, I was telling one of my one of my friends um, yesterday that I got caught up watching. Uh, I was watching Laverne and Shirley. Uh, okay. On. Uh, logo here on direct tv or whatever god i'm giving so many stupid plugs um well i was watching <laughs> it and i sit back and i was thinking wow um i remember the show and then i looked at the information box and it was from 1982 i'm like oh my god 1982 and i remember you know i remember the episode very vividly and I can do that with the monkeys too, and I'm like, I can remember when I watched this episode. I do remember one one of my favorite scenes, and it's from. Uh, do you remember this, the the episode where the the grandfather comes in from England and they have to like prove that Davy is wealthy and rich and all that stuff? Oh yeah, I do remember that one. There's a scene where he's on the beach and he's singing "I Want to Be Free," and um, it was just a, it was just a nice episode. And I, I think about that all the time, and I'm like. When I go to the beach, I think about that episode. It's pretty funny. Like these guys are really ingrained in my, in my, in my head. Oh, so I remember. <laughs> no, it's very true. I mean, I remember, um, like "Sweet Young Thing." Like I said, was one of my uh, favorite songs. And I remember there was an episode where, again, they were trying to get an audition with this famous record producer, and they came up with the brilliant idea of uh, going to a phone booth, which. You know, they used to have these phones outside in these little booths. You know, we, we didn't have cell phones. So they went to a phone booth to call him. And they're all crowded around this phone booth, like with their instruments. And they're playing, you know, and they're playing Sweet Young Thing. And I just remember, like, they call it in. And, uh, you know, the secretary buzzes the record producer. And she goes, I have a Mr. I have a Mr. Jones on the line for you. Or no, she goes, I have a Mr. Davy Jones on the line for you. And he's like, sure. And he he picks up the phone. He goes, yeah, Davy, baby, what do you got to say? And he puts the phone down because he thinks it's another Davy Jones. He's like, oh, this guy just yammers on forever. So he like, they they never get to hear it. But they're, I just remember them crowded around this little uh, phone booth with their instruments, like just trying to get an audition. It was just good stuff. It was, and it's funny. My wife hates the monkey. She's like, this is almost as bad as the Three Stooges. I'm like, it's... It's, I'm like, you have no taste, woman. You watch Hallmark. Uh, you know, so. You, you, you know, and you know what it is? You know, I, well, my, my, I've never, I never watched like the monkeys like when my wife has been around. So she's, she's never seen it, but she's, she's heard the music and she likes the music, but I don't know what it is. My wife is the same way. She's like, I don't get why you like the Three Stooges. I don't get it. And I'm like, how could you not get it? I don't know. Well, so guys, you know, obviously we like stupid crap. Um, but uh, <laughs> If it's not apparent after, what episode are we on now? That's right, if it's exactly. not apparent by now. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. You know, look for us because we will be talking about those guys as well, along with a lot of the other comic geniuses of the time. But again, I, you know, just like them, the three stooges, they were surrounded by like Abbott and Costello and the Marx brothers. You had the Absolutely. monkeys, you had Brady Bunch, you had all these other, these comedic, uh, you know, Adam West. Um, you know, there's certain time periods where this, these, the TV was just fantastic. And, uh, you know, the wives just don't understand. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't. I remember I actually took my wife to see the, um, 
the Brady Bunch movie, you know, the one they made in the 90s. And she was like, why are we watching this? And I'm like, no, the question is, why are we not watching? Like, we have to watch this. this is, she's like, this is ridiculous. It's so silly. And I'm like, that's why it's good, because it's good, silly fun. It's not... You know, it's not trashy. It's not raunchy. It's not in your face. It's it's just good. Like sometimes, you know, it's nice to just have a good laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think these shows, are, they do it, and they still give you the, um, you know, the the adult humor that you need. You know, so exactly, exactly. exactly. So, man, we talked ah. about the monkeys. We talked about Abbott Costello. Not enough of it, or I mean, Three Stooges. Uh, <laughs> God. So, again, guys, listen to us on brothersinarmchairs.com. You'll find all of our, all of our programming, uh, Nerd and Me, Enter the Nerd Zone, Fat Guys, Stuff You Don't Need to Know, and Defender of the Realm. Yes. And like I said, brothersinarmchairs.com. But you can find us in other places as well, Jay. Sure, absolutely. Of course, uh, hopefully you're listening to us right here on Anchor. We have that call-in feature, so call in. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, listen to us on iTunes where you can rate and review us. So please, you know, give us those ratings, reviews. Find us on Instagram. Enter the Nerd Zone. Uh, maybe I'll put up a poll. Well, who's your favorite monkey? Or I think that's you know. what we should do. And you tell us who your favorite monkey is. Find us on Instagram. Find us on, I know, that thing called the Facebook that Jay has yeah. no idea what we're talking about. They'll have no idea about that. <laughs> <laughs> tell us if you like Chevy Chase or the monkeys. Which one you your pick? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Don't even compare. That's all. That's blasphemy. That's blasphemy right there. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I do like Chevy um, Chase better. Uh, oh. oh, don't forget, if you are in central New Jersey, especially the Milltown area, please check out Main Street Comics. Uh, you know, that's where... Well, Diana doesn't really go there anymore. She's actually she she's too busy somewhere else in college. Right, learning, she's off at college. Learning so stuff now. Uh, I should actually ask her the name of the comic book store she goes to up there. I think she plugs it on her on her uh, podcast, so she probably talks about it because we were FaceTiming with her yesterday, and of course, the big thing. She's like, "Look what I got at the comic store," and I was like, "Yeah, but how's college?" Well, look what I got at the comic store. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> where's my Where's my money going to? Don't worry about it, Dad. It's all right. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry about it, Dad. <laughs> okay. So I have a couple. We actually have a new friend, Jay. Um, oh, you do? Yes. Oh. Uh, a gentleman I met in in Englishtown, New Jersey. Um, mm -hmm. Heath, who has the boob tube collectibles. Uh, great guy at the Englishtown Flea Market on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays in the Blue Building. Mm -hmm. Make sure you go check him out. And of course, if you're in California in the Anaheim area, make sure you're going to the Lag Bar where you can see John and tell John that Pete sent you and you'll get no discount. He may throw you out, actually. Uh, mm. But uh, yeah, so if you're in those two areas, definitely do that. You know, you love the comic books, get the Main Street. Hey, I said it right. Um, yes. <laughs> and uh, don't forget that Back to the Future is great. Um, oh, look, I had to throw it in there. You had to throw it in there, yeah. <laughs> so what else we got, Jay? Is that it for the day or what? Uh, I think uh, Yeah, it's enough. I think we're good. I we, think we're good. We had another great episode. I think we did. Success, Absolutely. success, success. All the pennies are rolling in now. All $10 of it. Uh, so, Jay, same yes, bad sir. time. Same bad channel. Monkeys don't sue us. That's right. <laughs>